Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Uh, Welcome to another podcast. Now, look, this week we were going to do part two of building confidence. But Britt went to the dog park today and she came home and she was like, we've got to do another podcast on building confidence in the person. So that is what we're talking about. So say hi, Britt. I'm, I'm really sad that you just ruined my surprise. I was just going to tell everybody that I actually went to the dog park <laughs> with my dog without assistance. And that is big. That is really big. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I actually didn't think there'd be anybody there today. It's been super cold, but there were people and we are going to get into that. But until then, uh, I've got to throw out just a few announcements. Uh, We just confirmed we are going to be our dog communication seminar. We are going to be doing that via Zoom. We're going to be doing that on January the 31st at 6 o'clock. We will run to about 8. This will be a part one to our communication seminar. Um, For those that have seen it in person, it's typically a three-hour seminar, but we're going to do it on Zoom, and we're going to do two parts to it. So we'll do 6 to 8. This will allow people to ask questions. Um, You'll get to see all the videos and you will be able to sign up on the website. We are doing this for $20 per person, $20. We can take as many people as we want because it's Zoom and you're going to get a chance to see all the amazing videos on how dogs communicate. And you're going to know after listening to this episode, why it's so important that you understand dog communication. And you're going to hear that from Brittany's mouth, who has literally become a dog speak geek she used to be just so kind of quiet in the background, when it, especially when it came to dog behavior. But because she does talk to all of our clients on the phone, uh, she's gotten really good at it. And it's created a really nice balance between her knowing dog stuff and being comfortable with dog stuff and doing things on her own with her puppy and all these wonderful things. So that is what we're going to talk about today. But if you want to get into that dog communication seminar, go to the website. Britt, where can they sign up on the website? Uh, Yeah, just go to our events page and uh, you can purchase your tickets there. And we will send you a link for the Zoom. Yeah, the the night before, the day before, um, I will get that over to you. Awesome. Yeah, and you can just pay, what, via PayPal? We'll have maybe the Venmo set up. People like to do Venmo. Mm-hmm. We are not sponsored by anybody or any of them, but if they want to sponsor us, it's that'd be great. literally the same company. It is the same company. Yeah. It is easier with Venmo, though, because there are no <laughs> fees, and we like no fees. Um, for our Patreon members, 
If you are a Patreon member for this seminar, regardless of which tier you are involved in, you will get this seminar for free. So regardless of what tier you're in, if you are a Patreon member, you will get the seminar for free. You just have to make sure that you email us to register so that we can add you to the email list for the link. Yes, and that is info at dogspeak101.com. Awesome. Well, I'll also put the link, I guess, on the Patreon page. And if you're not a Patreon member, please check it out. We've added some videos to it. Um, I'm just kind of throwing some things in. We talked about uh, the last video I put out was how to counter condition your dog to the doorbell. Uh, So check that out. And then we also did a little um, quick review over a puzzle toy. So if you want to be a Patreon member, we encourage you to go to patreon.com slash dogspeak. We would love to have your support over there. So, all right, let's get to it. That's enough business. Tired of business. Let's talk about dogs. Let's talk about people and their issues with confidence. So I deal with a lot of clients who just don't have confidence in dealing with their dog or handling their dog or going out in public with their dog. What would you say to people? Because I know that you've had that issue. Yeah, she's just looking at me like, well, there's a lot to say. Well, there is because, uh, you know, it's one thing just, you can't just say to someone, just go do it, who has anxiety over taking their dog in public. I mean, that's, that's tough. Um, so there are baby steps to these kinds of things. Uh, my baby steps were walking around the neighborhood and then going to Lowe's and which luckily I started her as a puppy. Um, if you have an older dog, this might be a little more anxiety inducing for you. So, you know, depending on, on the dog, but, um, I went with Nikki to a client what last week, two weeks ago, where we met at the dog park and we were using Isabella kind of to evaluate this dog to see if he was okay to interact with other dogs. Yep. And while you were getting him ready, you said, Brittany, just go take Isabella into the dog park. And I froze. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last thing, next thing I know, I y'all, she is like. I couldn't breathe. Um, 75 yards away walking Isabella as far from the dog park as she could possibly get. Literally, I was a little irritated. I'm not going to lie because I just needed the dog to go in there. Well, in my defense, <laughs> in my defense, uh, there were some owners there that I, because I stood there for a second and observed, the, you know, the the pack, quote unquote, that was already in there. Um, and, and part of that is observing the owners yes. of, of the dogs and uh, they were not being kind to their pets and I was worried about what would happen if, you know, Isabella went to say a level two or level three because a dog was being disrespectful to her. I, basically it boiled down to, I didn't want a confrontation with another human Oh, and that's, I think that's a huge thing for people. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think that's my biggest fear going to a dog park is, is a confrontation with a dog owner who either, uh, reprimands my dog for something that was appropriate or inappropriate or, um, reprimands their dog when it does something that's totally normal and, uh, actually saw someone that day kind of kick their dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of saw that. A little yeah. Bit. And so, 
That was unfortunately, and that was, and the sad part was, it was a child. Yeah, it was a teenager, a preteen, who whose parent was there, but obviously the preteen had learned from the parent on how to discipline the dog. Yeah, and I um, very frustrating. So I think the confrontation with other humans is is the biggest thing for me. Um, it's not necessarily my dog doing something wrong. It's another human. Uh, and it's, you know, it's no different than if you're walking your dog and someone comes to pet it. And you teach this in class, how to interact with the public. Yes. Uh, if they come to, t- you know, pet your dog or your dog jumps on them, uh, you basically give people a script for yes. what they should say. Yes. Which I had to use today in the dog part because Isabella is still a jumper. And, well, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and point out there are a few family members that have been rewarding her for jumping, and we've been allowing <laughs> that. And it's my fault because we've been allowing it because I just think it's really cute, and she's small. But, yes, those family members, if you're listening to this podcast, please stop rewarding the dog for jumping because it irritates Brittany. She's really cute. Though. <laughs> she is really cute. But she has finger knives on her paws. Sometimes she does. Yeah. So, yeah, I went to the dog park today. <laughs> I did it. And it was 20 degrees outside. I'm exaggerating. Yeah, it felt like it. It was 28 degrees outside. And I uh, really didn't think anybody would be there. And she would just get a chance to run around somewhere that's not her own yard. Uh, but there was a German Shepherd there. And I could tell walking up to the gate that this dude was pretty chill. He was standing at the gate waiting for her. Um, I let her off her leash, let her in there. She's a bit of a baby. I uh, was a little... A little nervous with him. But she throws mixed signals quite a bit. She does. And, and of course, if you've not done our communication seminar, you may be a little lost on some of this. On some of our language here. But, but if it, you'll just yeah, it'll make, make sure you do the class, you, it'll make a lot more sense. If you do the class. Yeah. So she was she was nervous, you know, rolling over and tucking the tail and ignoring. And, and he was so respectful of her and walked off. You know, went back to his mom, and she's like, "I promise he's friendly," and and you could tell that she was also a dog mom who wants her wants her dog to be the best dog he can be, but recognizes she has a dog that does have a stigma attached. Uh, he is a big boy. He is a big German Shepherd, and so she was quick to say, "He's friendly. I promise he loves everyone, dogs and humans." Like, I mean, that was just... Like, That's so sad that people have to do that. You know, and, and I told her, I said, we, you know, we have a Rottweiler. I get it. It's, you know... She does not love everyone and every dog. It's true. It's true. She's special. Um, but She this, loves dead people. This guy was... Uh, now people are going, whoa, wait a minute. I need to I oh, need to rewind that. Did she just say that? Oh, you probably should Sorry, I'll clarify yeah, that Double D, Yeah, Double D is, used to be a human remains detection dog. So she would actually sniff out body parts, decomposition, human decomposition, whether it was small amounts for crime scenes or large amounts for drowning, um, hanging victims, suicide victims. She did buried vehicles, all that good stuff. So we have not done that in, a, in many, many years. I've had to take a break from it because that did not pay. It was all volunteer. Uh, so yeah, so Double D was really a dog that I, I, I actually got her for search and rescue recovery and that's pretty much all she did. Um, and she was awesome at it. She's just not as good with live people if you're not in her circle. Once you're in your circle, once you're in her circle, once you are in her circle, she's been fantastic. 
Um, but she's a little weird. But anyway, yeah, Rottweilers, you don't have people... You just don't have too many people coming up and being like, oh, let me pet your Rottweiler. Oh, that's got to be a sweet Rottweiler unless they're Rottweiler lovers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people would pretty much, they see you coming in with a Rottie, especially if it's cold weather and I'm coming in with my coveralls, which looks like a bite suit. I can clear a dog park in three seconds. <laughs> my favorite is when I go to a dog park in my coveralls because I'm cold or I'm trying to stay clean and it's muddy. I walk in with a pit bull or a Rottie or a shepherd and people like, oh, look at the time. I've got to it's go. Weird. i got to go to the grocery store all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. So I know it, the, the stigma is there and it's sad. Yeah. But dogs are dogs first and foremost. Yes, breed does play a part into things. But please know that dogs are dogs first. They're all canines. All right. So then they're all going to communicate the same way. Mm-hmm. So we are going to talk a little bit about dog parks because I know some people are being like, oh, my God, that's why I don't go to dog parks. I think there are a lot of pros and cons to dog parks, and, and I do want to talk about that a little bit um, because I think it can be some good things with that. Um, obviously, some bad things of what you're kind of talking about is watching the people when you get there, seeing what the dogs are doing, seeing what the owners are doing. That's or, huge. Or not doing. Or not doing, exactly. But once you understand the communication of how dogs communicate, you can really watch to see which dogs are being disrespectful, which ones are being bullies, which owners are, are not understanding what's happening, and maybe it's not the right time to go in. And she was right. It was not the right time for Isabella to go in. Um, and she did the right thing by, you know, walking away and coming back at a later time. And, and we were able mm-hmm. to use Isabella for that. But go ahead. I'm, yeah, and my ener- my energy was off too because of the anxiety. So she would have totally fed off that and yeah. would have made it even worse than yeah. it already was. Uh, but today was great. It was magical. Uh, so she she sort of played with this German Shepherd, mostly played with his owner uh, who was throwing a ball. And so she chased the ball and, and brought it back and dropped it. Because what a good girl she was and took it back to the woman who threw it. it Smart. Was, yeah. She was like, what? looked at her dog like, dude, why can't you just drop the ball ever? <laughs> you know? Um, but I was like, I'm sorry. She's a ball hog. Like she just took your dog's toy and she, anyway, she was loving it. So then um, not long after that, somebody else came in and he had, I guess this, Dog was probably nine months old, ten months old. You know, big old lanky, probably a Great Dane mix. Adorable. Play style exactly like Isabella. Just over the top, vocal, teeth showing, looking like they're going to kill each other. Oh, yeah. But having the best time ever. And uh, there was one time where the German Shepherd kind of split them up because they were getting a little amped up and... I was about to have an adult in there. I was, yeah, he was definitely the adult with the children. Like guys simmer down. Uh, and I could tell that it was about to get not ugly, but they were about to have a little, they were about to have a little fit and, uh, hackles raised. They were super aroused and this German shepherd goes and splits them up. It was gorgeous. Oh, I love that. I wish you'd had the video camera. Me too. But Can't I, get enough of those videos. I don't have my phone at the dog park. Because she was being a good girl. Yeah. Uh, so um, he was, and then he started becoming vocal because he was playing with them as well. So the three of them were playing and uh, he started, the, the German Shepherd started becoming vocal. And I could tell his, his mom was a little nervous about that. 
nerdy me, goes, your dog has such good signals. I mean, his, like, his communication is on point. And she looks at me like I'm, they both looked at me like I'm a complete weirdo. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm a nerd. Uh, And I had to explain, you know, why I knew that. But she was relieved. And again, she said, I just always get nervous when he gets vocal during play uh, because people think, oh, my God, I have a German Shepherd. He's going to eat my dog. Yeah. So I said, don't worry about it. He's actually doing great. He was fabulous. And then these two puppies, I call Isabella a puppy still. uh, Brain-wise, she is. Well, she hasn't hit two yet. That's what I said. Uh, She's still sort of. uh, So these two, you know, they're. They're too immature for him. He's got other things to do. But um, it was a good experience. I've, I'm, I'm glad there were only three of us in there. It gave me a chance to build some confidence and, you know, kind of explain to them what was going on. The puppy owner was like, is mine okay? <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> he's, he's a big goofball, you know. Uh, but he's doing good. Yeah, he was just fine. That's what I he love was confident. About. He was really confident. Which awesome. Was great. He had great confidence. I mean, he went in. He played. He was like going to play with that German Shepherd, and you know, still had mixed signals because he's a baby. But he was, he was doing good. Well, it sounds like the German Shepherd was a nice adult who had the patience and who knew how to read it correctly. Very patient. And that's dog. a huge. If you have a dog who doesn't necessarily play great or tends to get into some altercations a little bit more often than not. Usually the issue is that they lack in the communication skills to where they're lacking in the reading of them. They're lacking in the respecting of them. They're lacking in, in even giving them. So when you can have an, an adult dog who is patient and, and really confident in the use of it, it can teach the puppy or the younger dog a lot of really good things. But even though the dogs teach real well, if the owners are not educated and they don't have the confidence in what they're watching and seeing then it's not going to really work out, which is why a lot of times we do recommend that people send their dogs to daycare where they should have a trained staff that understands dog communication, Mm -hmm. understands how to interrupt that appropriately, not using corrections, not using water bottles, penny, you know, penny cans, um, using aversive techniques, screaming and yelling, but knowing how to interrupt it appropriately so that your goal should be to improve the dog's play and improve their ability to communicate. Um, and to me, that's, that should be the number one goal at daycare, is to improve upon that. Yeah. So if you do a dog park, I think you can definitely do dog parks. I think that you're right to sit and watch first, understand the communication skills, and understand how dogs interact. And not just the communication, but also how do they play? What do those altercations look like? And that is a, that's a seminar we will also be doing via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also do it live. Uh, that we probably won't have one scheduled for spring or summer, but we do, we're going to probably do that one Zoom, but you got to have the communication first because most altercations come from a lack of communication. Yeah. So I think when you have owners that are educated on the communication, one, it's going to increase that confidence. I think once you know it and you can read it and see it quickly, mm-hmm. that confidence goes up. It's one of those things that you're not going to see, you know, I'm going to teach you what they are. But there's so much information, you're not going to get it in one time. You're going to need this seminar several times. You're going to need to learn to watch and observe um, and just sit back and just try to ingest it because it does happen quickly. And the videos that I show in the seminar are typically in slow motion so that people can read them. 
But I think once you understand how dogs communicate and how that works, then your fear of an altercation drops. Because am I? You said that your biggest fear is the confrontation with owners. Mm-hmm. Most, I think, a lot of people don't have that as a fear as much as they have fear that their dog is going to get into an altercation. Their dog is going to start a fight and get into a fight. Yeah, I mean, my I've never had fear of my dog getting hurt. I mean, dogs get hurt when they're playing. It's like kids. It's, it probably is going to happen. Absolutely. And if it does, you know, I'm not going to, you know, lose my mind and sue somebody. You know, I think that there are some people who are afraid of that. You know, oh, absolutely. If my dog hurts another dog or, or something like that. I'm going to be liable. And- right. I mean, um, my train just derailed there. But, um, yeah, with – and you – you handle confrontation with humans at the dog park so well, and I've seen it before, uh, where you've been in there with a client's dog. The dog was actually giving great signals and was doing what it was supposed to, looked aggressive. An owner came and was mad at you for your dog, and you handled it really well. Um, and. It, it's really about practice, too. There's a lot of it that's about practice. Well, yeah, it is. It's about knowing how to handle it before you get into it, mm-hmm. right? And I think explaining the communication aspect of dogs, that can get you a long way. That, that can make you go a long way. And a lot of times when I do go into these parks, if I am with a client, I'm, I usually do have my, my training shirt on. I have my business shirt on. But sometimes when I go, I, I'm either wearing my coverall, so it covers everything. Um, but... You know, I can explain kind of what's happening because I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not being confrontational. I'm really basically just delivering information. Yeah. And I think if we look at it as I'm going to deliver information to this owner instead of confront this owner, then I think we can, it's going to come out a little differently. I think mindset's a huge thing and I'm really big on mindset with it, but you you do have to know how to deal with it before you get there. You can't wait. You know, it's like... One of the examples I tell people is like, you don't want a paramedic learning on the job, right? You don't want a paramedic coming up to you. God forbid you're in a car wreck and you don't want that paramedic coming up and he's been training for six weeks, but he's learning on the job. You don't want that, mm-hmm. right? You want the paramedic who's actually practiced all those skills before he needs them. But the, also the most important thing is that you want the paramedic who has the most control and the most confidence, Right. So if you had a paramedic, if you had two paramedics coming up to you, one is running up screaming and he has 45 years experience, but he's running up screaming and and screaming out directions to everybody else. And he looks like he's freaking out. Do you really want him dealing with you or do you want the calm and cool paramedic who's been on the job for two years, but has the confidence and the calmness Yeah, that that's what you have to have. So even if you are dealing with your dog or dealing with people, you have to be confident enough to know, okay, this is what's happening with my dog. And if you know what's happening and you know what's happening between dogs and you understand that communication, you're going to be able to deal with people a lot easier. But here's the beautiful thing about it. If you do know about that communication and you know how to read your dog and you know how to read other dogs, you're going to know not to even go in there. Because like you said, you looked at the people and you looked at the dogs. Yeah. If you can watch and you can see that people aren't doing the right thing or they're interacting with their dog inappropriately, you know that that's not the right group for your dog to go into. Yeah. So you can avoid a lot of those issues. But trying to learn on the fly, not appropriate. 
you know, I tell, I tell a lot of our people that come to our classes, to our seminar, um, and you'll hear me talk about this in the Zoom, is once you learn what these skills look like, once you learn what these communication signals look like, go to the dog park and observe without your dog. Just go and sit and watch the dogs and watch the people. And before long, you may be out there going, hey, no, your dog is doing right. Your dog got great signals. I mean, when I had my, when, when I had my facility, I did a Friday night social. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast before, but my Friday night social was basically an indoor daycare or indoor, excuse me, indoor dog park. Um, I charged people to come in. They were allowed to bring their own alcohol. Um, we did evaluate every dog that came in. But what was so beautiful about that, because I did educate my owners and my and my clients, is that I would find that my clients that were, had been there for week in and week out would talk to the new people and and tell them that their dog is being good, that their dog is being appropriate, and that it's okay. So when you get those dog speak geeks like that, I think that we should share that information. Right? If you go to the dog park, just like you did today, you go to the dog park, share that information, and let people know your dog is being good. Man, I was... Because, I mean, the first thing you do when you go to a dog park, especially if there aren't that many people there, what's your dog's name? You know oh. your dog. You know these other dogs' names immediately. Yeah. I'm standing there like a weirdo. Saying, good boy, good boy, good boy to these other dogs. <laughs> and the owners are looking at me like, yeah, but he's like growling. No, your dog's being awesome. And, you know, and you realize that you sort of look like. I totally do that. A weirdo. I totally acknowledge and reward other people's dogs. I do. I was, I found, like, it, it was so automatic. I'm, I'm telling these dogs how good they're being. Wow. And, yeah. and I mean. It's awesome. You know, it's out of my comfort zone for sure. Um, yeah. You know, my generation, our face-to-face communication skills probably aren't that great. But, uh, you know, I can you, – you suggested to me one time to go sit at a dog park without a dog by myself. And I was like, "Do really? Do I really want to go in there and just sit there and look like a creepster? Just watching people's dogs? Like, that's weird. But it's super helpful. Yes, it is. It really is. I did it. And, and it – I was like, oh, man, that dog over there, like, it has no confidence. That dog needs help. Or you know the ones where you're like, oh, there's going to be an altercation in just a minute. Yeah, and then you can tell which dogs come to the dog park, like, several times a week. Yep. And they're like, yep, I got this. Yep. They, you know, they're interacting with dogs all the time, and which owners are very in tune with their dogs. and Which ones are out of tune, and they're out of connection or touch with their dog, and they're on their phone or reading a book. And not even knowing where their dog yeah. is, which is not what you should be doing at the dog park. No, I, I was literally that weirdo following my own dog around. Sort That's of what just... you need to do. You need to follow your dog. So let's talk real quick about some, some dog park rules. Okay. I think that let's take sure. advantage of this. Okay. Um, because I think that if you do want to do a dog park one, definitely go and watch the group first before you let your dog in. And um, obviously, we want you to do the communication seminar so that you know what you're looking for. Um, and the other is always make sure that you are watching your dog and, and following closely. You don't, I don't want you to be on top of the dog, and I definitely don't want you to be in the middle of the dog park. It's very dangerous to be standing in the middle of the dog park. Stay along the edges. Stay along the fence line so that you're not getting knocked over. But you want to stay close enough to your dog to where you can verbally mm-hmm. uh, direct them if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a big thing, not being on your phone. Um, and i tell you the other thing that I really do prefer is that people do not play with their dog at the dog park. Um, I know a lot of people take their dog to the dog park to throw the ball. 
Um, but my issue with that is that the dog park should be about dogs playing with dogs so that they learn how to play with dogs. And if you do have a dog in there, and it may not even be your dog, but if you have a dog in there who resource guards balls and toys, mm-hmm. um, and that owner knows that but and didn't bring one, you're going to have an altercation. Yeah. Um, I'd rather dogs just play with each other yeah. and learn how to be dogs. Um, I understand there are some people that don't have fenced-in yards, and going to the dog park and throwing the ball is a good way to get that exercise because the dog loves it. And I understand that. And there may be times that that may be appropriate when there's maybe one or two. Oh, yeah. Like today. Large park. Yeah. yeah. It was completely fine yeah. that the ball was being thrown for these two dogs before the third one. Even when he came in, it was fine. Like they were having a ball. Yeah. Like they were loving it. Um, but you're right. If it had been a bigger group, I would have been like, nope. Like the day last week it was quite a few people there There yeah. were a lot of balls being thrown there were frisbees i mean it was screaming and yelling from owners it was insanity um because there were what 15 dogs in there 10, nah, 10? There was there's quite a few yeah i don't um, know i didn't count there were quite, math is not my favorite well there were quite a few today though <laughs> it made sense right and and it made isabella feel comfortable that a ball was being thrown and another dog was playing with the ball and because I, you know, if if I thought it had been a problem, I would have taken her out, right, and put her in the other. Because this this particular dog park has two right. fenced areas, so right. if there's, you know, if you if you want to play ball with your dog and there's nobody in the smaller area, use that until a smaller dog comes. Exactly, and then you can leave and and yeah. let the small dog have that area. But it's really situational. It really is situational. Yeah. But but knowing and educating yourself as a human, would you not say that that's like the number one reason your confidence has grown is that you've kept educating yourself and you've listened to everything and and you've, and over the years you've improved on understanding dogs and understanding that emotion and understanding how they interact. And so you, would you say the education of yourself is the number one thing that helped you build that confidence up and, and build that relationship Oh, for sure. With your dog, yeah. For sure, yeah. I mean, I'll see pictures on Facebook or videos on Facebook of dogs and, you know, they're these heartwarming stories or whatever. And I'm watching the video and I'm like, well, that dog's freaked out. What? Why are you showing this? That dog's not okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, those guys, and and then you get mad because you know what the dog's okay, actually Okay, yeah, it totally does. I will tell you, I will tell you that it ruins... It ruins the, the supposedly, quote, cute videos of people right. shaming their dogs. Like, sorry, y'all. Learning dog communication. Will ruin a lot of the fun videos. It's going to it's gonna rock your world a little bit. Yeah, because I look at it and I don't see a dog blaming his sibling for chewing on something. I see a dog who's trying to appease the owner and calm the owner down and using calming signals. Oh, yeah. You know, so it, it's, it does take the fun out of all that. But I do it because I want the dog to be as happy as possible. I want the dog to live its fullest life. You know, I want the best for my dog. And most people do want the best for the dog. I would say 99% of dog owners want the best for their dog. Right? But I think it starts, though, with the education of the human. Yeah. And I think I've done this uh, communication seminar probably 10 times. I have people that have taken it quite a few. At, At least 10 times. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to, I would like to know who holds the record. And it's funny because Gray says the same thing. He's like, oh, man, I still learn something every single time. I teach it and I still learn something every – and I'm going to be – and just so you guys know, those that have seen it, 
I'm adding new videos and I'm adding new information to this. Next and it's month. really exciting too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm adding new information. If you're nerdy about it. Like uh, we're going to be talking more about significant stress in this next one and, and just stress in general with dogs. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of that going around. Um, but hey, you know what? If you've seen the communication seminar, email us and tell us how many times you've been to it. Uh, we've never done it via Zoom. We've never done it virtually before. So if you've seen it in person, let us know how many times you've seen it. You know what? Maybe we should give a gift to someone who's seen it the most yeah. and can prove they've seen it the most. Although we know, we'll know. I, you well, shoot us an email. We can look back and see the registration. I have the dang spreadsheet. That's right. She's so got the spreadsheet. So you know what? Email you us. You can't cheat. Podcast at dogspeak101.com. Email us. Tell us how many times you've seen it. We're going to send a gift to someone Whoever's seen the seminar the most, yeah, we're going to send you a gift. Yeah. So, and then we'll announce it too. We'll announce it in the next couple of weeks. So, send it in to us. How many times you've seen the seminar? Because I, I do. I think that you just need to watch it and attend and and do it more than once because there's so much information. I've taught the yeah. seminar a whole lot in the last, I don't know. Listen, in eight years, years, in eight years, I know I've seen it at least once a year, maybe more. Yeah. Not saying that's how many times you got to do it. But she's not getting a gift. To understand it. She gets the gift of me. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, not not saying you have to go, you have to do the seminar eight times to understand it. No. That's not what I'm saying. But you'll get something out every single time. you do start getting geeky about it. That's why we say dogs speak geeks. Absolutely. You do. You start getting. I love it. Nerdy about it. And you'll be watching a video. And I, I sent Nikki a video uh, the other night. And I was like, here are all this. Here are all the calming signals. Or, yeah, and she's like, did I get it right? Did I? Well, I knew I did. <laughs> yes, she did. She got it all right. I passed. But when you can read it, it really does make a difference. Because, especially if you're in rescue. If you can understand dog oh, yeah. communication and rescue, then you're going to see that a lot of times when dogs are deemed unadoptable, it's because someone doesn't understand the communication signals that are taking place. And if your dog bites somebody or snarls at somebody or growls at somebody, then you need to watch this because a lot of times what your dog is showing is appropriate. And if you punish that, I read something today and I cannot remember which trainer said this. So I apologize if you're listening to this and you were the one who said this. Um, I heard it on another podcast because I do listen to a lot of podcasts from colleagues. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought it was a really good example is punishing a dog for growling is like taking the batteries out of your smoke detector. And I thought that was really a very Mm. good example. Um, Because growling a lot of times is a very good warning. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Well, that goes back to the podcast when I was talking about camping with Isabella. Yeah. When I'm trying to get her to stop growling at something. Yeah. That she knows is there. She knows is there. She's trying to tell you. Yeah, she's trying to tell you. But you're not listening. I may not know that my garage is on fire. Right. But my smoke detector does. Exactly. Right. So (laughs) I think that we need to educate ourselves first and foremost. And when you get that education, you're going to have confidence. It's just like people that are afraid of, of guns. Uh, and I'm going to use this example because I, there's a secret part of me that I really like the idea of a gun and I'm not here to get into any type of gun conversation, but I think this is a good example of, um, I was a little nervous about guns, but once I took a class and I understood yeah. the ins and outs of workings of it, I still don't have one, <laughs> but, and they still, they still make me a little nervous because I haven't practiced enough with them. 
Um, but I think that when we're scared of something, it's because we've not taken the time to educate ourselves about it. And that can go a long way for, well, a lot of different things. Yeah. But I think that if you can educate yourself about your dog, that understanding that having a dog is like, I'm going to say this very lightly and, and understand why I'm saying this. It's, it is like having a child, right? You have a child. Nobody really gives you these ins and outs and, and rules of how to be a parent, right? A lot of our parents truly just winged it. And I mean, you know, there are some good books out there and there are things, but you wouldn't dare be a parent without educating yourself, right? How many people that are pregnant don't go and buy that book of everything you need to know, right, to be a parent? And you educate yourself. Why are we not educating ourselves before getting a dog? Mm -hmm. Why are we not saying, hey, this is another living organism I'm going to be responsible for. And I need to educate myself because I have an advantage of being a parent. Now, we have been parents. Um, we did not birth the child. But we, we have been parents. And now she's a teenager. And we were mostly a parents during the teenage years. God help us. I think we deserve an award for that. Um, that's, but, that's why we drink. That's why we drink. We didn't get, you know, being parents, we surely didn't get nine months to prepare. We didn't get a beautiful party for us where we got all kinds of gifts to become a parent. We just became parents. And we had an advantage because, well, we're human and we've been that age before and we're female and we were, you know, parents to a female. We had some advantage. We had some knowledge. But when you get a dog, I don't know about you, but I've never been a dog before. I may have. You know what? I take that back. I'm pretty sure in my former life, I have been a golden retriever because let me tell you, you start petting on me, I'm going to follow you home. Dude, we can get... It gets deep. Uh, right? So We can go somewhere. <laughs> there are plenty of people out there right now being like, no, I've been a dog. Like, like I've been a dog. We're not going... Let's not go down that path. So we'll just talk about being that canine. You do want to educate yourself and I encourage you to ed educate yourself in every way possible. And that in turn will build your confidence. And of course, spending time with your dog, which you have done such a great job of in the last few months, spending so much time with Isabella, I think it's helped you to learn a lot more about her, which is in turn built some confidence as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What is, give people maybe one piece of advice that you can give to help them understand that the benefit of building confidence as a dog owner, as a dog handler, as that kind of building that relationship with the dog. What is maybe one thing you could tell people? I know I'm putting her on oh, the man. spot. You know, like put me on the spot. We didn't even talk about this right before. She didn't know I was going to ask this. It's not my jam. Uh, Ask me that again. Okay. So one piece of advice that you would give owners mm -hmm. um, that they could do mm -hmm. to help build the confidence. Because I do know a lot of my clients struggle with confidence. Mm -hmm. They struggle with confidence of their dog getting away, running away, getting hit by a car, getting into a dog fight, being mean to another person. Mm -hmm. They really do struggle. I, I see it. So what's one thing that you think that they can do? And I know what I would answer, but what is one thing you think they could do as a dog owner that would help to boost that confidence or at least get it going in the right direction? I mean, it's super cliche. Uh, it really is. But, you know, the saying practice makes perfect isn't just said for no reason. It really is practice. Uh, practice in the backyard. Practice in the front yard. Practice 
with your neighbor, practice, you know, having friends come over. I mean, it's baby steps. That was the biggest thing for me. Um, class has been, you know, super helpful. And, and I understand that these things aren't financially feasible for some people or from a scheduling point of view aren't feasible. So, I mean, people can always email us and say, Hey, here's our, here's my situation. Give me some ideas for how I can remedy this. Um, you know, use, use the resources that you have, use the space you have and the people around you. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, we've, we've called our neighbor and been like, Hey, can we come get your dog? Like, yeah. Put her in the backyard for a little while yeah. and, and see, you know, so, um, nothing that's solid advice. Go to, go to Lowe's. Yeah. You know, they, the man, I'm telling you, Isabella sees someone in a red vest. Oh, she is in heaven. Or we, we took her there all the time. As we a go puppy. to Home Depot and she sees an orange vest. Like it's over. Yeah. Orange shirt. She's like, yep. Y'all my people. Y'all my people. I mean, it doesn't matter. I think you're right. When we practice things, we are going to be a lot more confident so that we know how to deal with it. I I think so many people try to train their dog in the situation. It can't. You can't. No, you cannot. You can't. You can't, uh, you know, you can't fly with your dog for the first time. Like, you can't practice flying with your dog by putting it on an airplane. No, you definitely have to build up to that. And that's definitely a challenge because we don't have access to planes to practice on. But there are a lot of things that you can set up for that. There are skills. Yes, and there are ways to practice that. Absolutely. And so, you know, I can't practice certain situations with my dog that I don't even know, like, that they're going to happen. Yeah. You know, I can't foresee the future. So. You build on foundation. Y- yeah. Foundation is the biggest thing. And, and it's just practice. And setting up scenarios is a huge thing. Um, and that's built my confidence more than anything. And, I think that's good, solid advice. And also understanding how dogs communicate. That would be, that. I was going to, of course. I, I mean, it's. Yes, me being the dog speak geek, that's the first thing I'm going to say is that I would recommend that I think the, the very first thing people need to do is learn how dogs communicate. Because mm-hmm. if you can learn how your dog communicates, it's going to help you understand your dog better, which is in turn going to help to start build that confidence so you're not freaking out every time your dog does something that you're not sure is happening. Also, get a waist leash. Oh, yes. The waist leashes. She is loving that. We uh, love the waist leashes. Listen, if you're a nervous Nelly like me about everything <laughs> in life, literally everything, y'all. I, y'all, it's true. It's, I'm not making light of, of anxiety. Like, it's a, it's a legit thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that I deal with on a daily basis. That The whole pulling back on a leash... Or inadvertently correcting your dog with a leash. That that whole thing about a dog feels your anxiety through that line is so true. Yep. Getting a waist leash changed so much. When I could no longer use the leash, like use my arm to pull back on my dog in a situation where I was uncomfortable. Not yep. necessarily a situation where she was uncomfortable. But where I was uncomfortable. Yep. That, as far as tools are concerned, for building confidence, for me, uh, has been was the biggest 
biggest uh, savior. Yeah, I sure. love the way Slash because you're right. It takes away that ability to do that. And so you have to think about other ways to respond instead of automatically going to reactivity. Mm-hmm. And when we meet reactivity with reactivity, yeah, you know what you get. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think this was a great, um, I think this was really informational for people. And, and I do want to talk about next week, we are going to talk about exercises to build confidence. Although we have kind of done that in an episode in the past. Um, but I, I, think, I don't think we've been specific about it. Though. Well, I think I want to have you with me to talk about this because I think that you've had to do some things and um, to help build that confidence as well in yourself and your dog. Mm-hmm. So I think that having you on there will help a little bit. Um, but we do have an episode already kind of on confidence. So you can go back and listen to that. I can't tell you what episode it is because I don't keep up with the episode numbers. We literally quit numbering them, I, I, I quit numbering them, so you could just go back and look. And maybe I should have numbered it, so I could tell you to go back. But you know what? You should be listening to all of them. Let's be real. I just want you to listen to all of them. But anyway, that's going to wrap up tonight. We've gone a little bit longer than we normally do, which I think is going to probably happen more often that we're going to start around the 45-minute. That's my minute. bad. That's it, She just gets bad. it on here and starts chatting Sorry. away. But she's enjoying herself, and I'm, I'm really enjoying having her on here. Uh, and I think you guys are enjoying it, too. Um, if you have anything that you would like to uh, hear us cover, please send us an email at podcast at dogspeak101.com. Um, I do want to shout out to, we had a really nice email come in from Catalina. Uh, she's an aspiring dog trainer. Hey, Catalina. Uh, we, were, we were really excited to and hear from you. she has the most precious dog okay really precious dog she sent some really cute videos and some pictures so and f- feel free to send us videos and pictures yes because we'd love to see it all <laughs> um but she's a spying dog trainer so I'm, I'm really glad that she can find information from our uh, podcast to help her with her future and I, I really hope that we're helping you guys out to be better dog owners and if we can help you reach out or if there's something you want us to talk about tell us about it Right, because sometimes we get kind of stuck in a box and don't know what to cover next. So, uh, podcast at dogspeak101.com. Of course, you can always send emails to info at dogspeak101.com. But we would love to see you send them at podcast at dogspeak101.com just so we can know that you are one of our listeners. And if you want to support us, please, patreon.com slash dogspeak. We would love to have your support. If you cannot support financially, no stress at all. Just share our podcast. Let other people know that we are out there and that we are here to make your life better with you and your dog. And we appreciate each and every one of you. And we really hope that you sign up for our dog communication seminar via Zoom. It's going to be on January 31st at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Brittany, how can they sign up again? Dogspeak101.com slash events. Woohoo! We want to see you guys on there. Only for 20 bucks, you're going to get part one of our dog communication seminar, which will begin building your confidence in everything that you do with your dog. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Brittany, thanks for being on again. Thanks for having me. And we will see you guys soon. <laughs>